Well, if you notice in the bulletins, the scripture reading has been the same for the last three weeks. And the reason I've done that is because it's what Jesus told his disciples in the scriptures. These are the signs. And then he went through the Bible, through the Old Testament, and he, he was telling them about himself, how the Bible was predicting him and his life. And so we'll go to that scripture again. Uh, Matthew, or Luke 24, 13 through 32. Just because, you guys remember what it said? I don't either, so we'll read it again. Luke 24. But you know, this stuff is just so, I'm just so interested in this stuff. I mean, when you see the things happening that it's talked about, it just blows your mind. Thirteen through thirty-two, and behold, two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score, score furlings. And they talked together of all things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together, they reasoned. Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleophas, Answering and said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? And hast not thou hast not known these things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and have crucified him. But we trusted that he had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were earlier at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the women had said. But him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools! and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scripture the things concerning himself. And they drew near unto the village whether they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward the evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? The word of God for the children of God and all of God's children said, Amen. That's an awesome thing. To have the scriptures revealed to you where your heart burns, where you feel, you feel the, the, the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, opening your eyes and hearts to what he's been trying to say for thousands of years. And this is what this Bible's all about. This is more accurate than any newspaper. These things were written thousands of years ago before any of these things have happened. And God even said that's, that's how you can know that he is God and that his word can be trusted. Because who... Who can tell you the ending from the beginning? The beginning from the ending. Nobody. 
but God. With 100% accuracy. 100% accuracy. Okay, and then I turned on the news yesterday. And it blew my mind. 50 years ago, Israel got attacked by Egypt and Syria, trying to take them out. Let's go to Psalm 83, and here's what they've been saying, and here's what they're saying today. And Jesus said, this is going to happen. Psalm 83. And here's, here's, here's what they're saying. Word for word, the people that are coming against Israel. Keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace, and be not still, O God. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult, and they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. And they have said, Come, let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. For they have consulted together with one consent. They, they are confederated against us. Then it goes through all the names, and it tells you all these people that are surrounding Israel right now. Right now, Israel is surrounded by Hamas, Hezbollah, Syria, Lebanon, the Palestine, Palestinians, and they're all working for Iran. Persia. Persia is Iran. And they're all working for them. And you know what they're saying? They're saying, come, let us cut them off from being a nation that the name of Israel be no more in remembrance. Exact words. That's what they're saying right now. And that's what they're trying to do. Yesterday morning, they sent 20, over 2,500 rockets against Israel. And they've killed, like I said, over 200 people. Now, that count's probably gone up by now. Over 900 people were injured in these bomb attacks. And then the Palestinians, uh, the Hezbollah terrorists, come into the border and they're running amok in the streets as of yesterday. And they were killing people on sight, execution style. They're going into people's houses and stealing them out of their house and taking them hostages or killing them in their front yard. That's what they're doing. Israel was caught off guard. Do you know why? It was a Sabbath. They're in the, they were in the middle of one of their holy days, uh, celebrations, Feast of Tabernacles, just ended. And the enemy comes in when he knows that they're taking a break. That's a Sabbath. Even their military wasn't ready. The Iron Dome didn't catch hardly any of those missiles. They started to, but first a lot of them came in. I was watching it, and I was just overwhelmed by this. Because the Bible talks about they're going to forecast devices at them. It says forecast devices. That sounds like missiles. Let's go to Zechariah. Zechariah 12. Now, Zechariah was a prophet during... 480 B.C., 487 B.C., and this is what Zechariah wrote down about this day. The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, saith the Lord, which stretcheth forth the heavens and layeth the foundations of the earth that formeth the spirit of man within him. This is God talking. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all people around about, when they shall be in the siege both against Judah and against Jerusalem. Judah, and right now, that's where Judah, and, uh, in the, and over in the Gaza Strip, that's where Israel used to be. That was their main land back in the day. And in that day will I make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people 
All that burdened himself in that day, all that burdens himself with it shall be cut to pieces. Though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it, in that day, saith the Lord, I will smite every horse in astonishment, with astonishment and his rider with madness. And I will open my eyes upon the house of Judah and will smite every horse of the people with blindness. And the governors of Judah shall say in their heart, the inhabitants of Jerusalem shall be my strength and the Lord of hosts, their God. In that day will I make the governors of Judah like a hearth of fire among the wood and like a torch of fire in a sheath. And they shall devour all the people around about on the right hand and on the left. And Jerusalem shall be inhabited again in her own place, even in Jerusalem. The Lord, shall, the Lord also shall save the tents of Judah first, that the glory of the house of David and the glory of the inhabitants of Jerusalem do not magnify themselves against Judah. It's awesome. This is what's going on. They're surrounding them. They're trying to take them out. And they're saying, let's wipe Israel off the map. And they've been doing this since Israel became a nation in 1948. Israel has been dealing with this for 75 years. And God said, this is going to happen. Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel was a prophet, 573 B.C. And here's what Ezekiel said. Now, th now this, this chapter is really long. I'm, not, I'm just kind of kind of touch base on it here and there. Uh, the, the parts that were God's... He, first, he prophesied to the land. He tells Ezekiel, go tell the land. I'm going to start there. Also, the Son of Man prophesied unto the mountains of the Israel and say, Ye mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, because the enemy hath said against you, Aha, even the ancient high places are ours in possession. This is when they got kicked out uh, in 70 AD. Therefore prophesy and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, because they have made you desolate and swallowed you up on every side that you might be a possession unto the residue of the heathen, and you are taken up in the lips of talkers and are infamy, infamy of the people. Therefore, you mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord God. Thus saith the Lord God to the mountains and to the hills and to the rivers and to the valleys and to the desolate waste and to the cities that are forsaken, which became a prey and derision to the residue of the heathen that are round about. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, surely in the fire of my jealousy have I spoken against the residue of the heathen and against all idumi. Id I can't really pronounce that word. Which have appointed my land into their possessions with the joy of all their heart, with the spiteful minds to cast it out for a prey. Prophesy, therefore, concerning the land of Israel, and say unto the mountains, and to the hills, and to the rivers, and to the valleys, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I have spoken in my jealousy and in my fury, because you have borne the shame of the heathen. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, I have lifted up my hand. Surely the heathen that are round about you, they shall bear their shame. But you, O mountains of Israel, you shall shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people of Israel, for they are at hand to come. For behold, I am for you, and I will turn unto you, and you shall be tilled and sown, and I will multiply men upon you, all the house of Israel, even all of it, and the city shall be inhabited, and the waste shall be builded. And I will multiply upon you man and beast, and they shall increase and bring fruit, and I will settle you after your own, your old estates." And will do better unto you than at your beginning, and you shall know that I am the Lord. Yeah, I, I will cause men to walk upon you, even my people Israel, and they shall possess thee, and thou shalt be their inheritance, and thou shalt no more henceforth bereave them of men. Thus saith the Lord God, because they say unto you, Thou the land devourest up men, and has bereaved the nations, therefore thou shalt devour men no more, neither bereave thy nations any more, saith the Lord God. 
Neither will I cause men to hear in thee the shame of the heathen anymore. Neither shalt thou bear the reproach of the people anymore. Neither shalt thou cause thy nation to fall anymore, saith the Lord God. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, they defiled it by their own way, and by their doings their way, their way was before me as the uncleanness of a removed woman. Wherefore I poured my fury upon them for the blood that they have shed upon the land, and for their idols wherewith they had polluted it. And I scattered them among the heathen, that they were dispersed through the countries according to their way, and according to their doings I judged them. And when they entered unto the heathen, whither they went, they profaned my holy name. When they said to them, These are the people of the Lord, and are gone forth out of his land. But I had pity for my holy name, which of house Israel had profaned among the heathen, whither they went. What's he talking about? Profaned my name. They denied Jesus. They called Jesus a false prophet. That's defaming God's name. There's no other name given in your heaven where man might be saved. In the name of Jesus. They defamed his name. They derailed him. Said he was a false prophet. He is not the Messiah. And they still say that today. Okay, where was I? Okay. And when they entered into the heathen, whether they went, they profaned my holy name. When they said to them, These are the people of the Lord and are gone forth out of his land. But I had pity for mine holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen, where they went. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the heathen, whither you went. And I will sanctify my great name, which, which was profaned among the heathen, which you have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God when I shall be sanctified in you before your eyes. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all the countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh." And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and you shall keep my judgments and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I have gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. I will also save you from all your uncleanness and I will call for the corn and will increase it and lay no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and increase the field and you shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. Then shall you remember your own evil ways and your doings that were not good, and shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for the iniquities and the abominations. Not for your sakes do I do this, saith the Lord. Be it known unto you. Be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord God, in, the, in that day that I shall have cleansed you from all your iniquities, I will also cause you to dwell in the cities, and the wastes shall be builded. And the desolate land shall be tilled, whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by. And they shall say, this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. And the waste and the desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and are inhabited. Then the heathen that are left round about you shall know that I, the Lord, built the ruined places and plant that which was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. Thus saith the Lord God, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. I will increase them with men like a flock. 
as a holy flock, as the flock of Jerusalem in, in her Solomon feast. So shall the waste cities be filled with flocks of men, and they shall know that I am the Lord. That prophecy has been fulfilled in 1948 when God brought them back into that desolate land that was nothing. Mark Twain went over there in, in the late 1800s, and he said he went from one end to the other, and it was desolate. He said there wasn't even hardly no trees. He didn't hardly even run into any people. He said it's a God-forsaking land. Today, Israel is one of the third most technological world. They produce so much fruit. Their, their land has become unlike the Garden of Eden, just like God said it would. And then he said these, all these countries are going to be around him to try to take them out, to try to destroy them. And that's where we're at. And if you read on from 36, 37, and 38 in Ezekiel, and he lays it all out, what's going to happen, and how this uh, war is going to come. And see, Israel hasn't had no peace for 75 years. And see, the reason why I keep talking about this, guys and ladies, it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to wake up out of our sleep and realize that this is happening in our lifetime. We are there, folks. And Israel will not be wiped out. Their enemies are going to get beat. God has promised them that. But through all this, Israel is going to come to know Jesus. God's going to use this to reveal the Messiah to him. They're waiting for a false Messiah. And they're still waiting. They don't believe Jesus is that. They profaned his name. And even today, they're still doing it. But God is mercy. Jesus came and paid for the sins of the whole world 2,000 years ago. That's why God is merciful on the Jews. Because his blood covered them just like it covered the rest of us. That whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is very important stuff. These are very important days and trying days that we're living in. And Jesus said, don't let that day come upon you unawares. It overtake you. Wake up. Look for the signs that Jesus said to look for. And he said, this is one of the biggest signs. When you see Israel going through all this, the fig tree, keep your eye on the fig tree. And a lot of people don't even care. And it's just like Jesus said, it's going to be like the days of Noah. People are going to be eating and drinking and getting married and just living life normal. That's what he was talking about. They're just going to go on with their life as normal. They don't care what the Bible says. That's just a book written by a bunch of guys back in the day. It's just nothing. You get more out of your math book. That's how the Bible's treated. We're living in these days. We're there. And I don't know what it's going to take to wake the people up. What is it going to take? Jesus is going to have to open their eyes. And God said he would send his spirit. Maybe God's trying to do that right now. Maybe God's got his people all around this nation and around the world trying to wake up his church to wake up. Don't be like in the days of Noah, then all of a sudden when it comes and you're left out because you wasn't prepared, you wasn't watching. Oh, that's just fables, tales. I hear it all the time. People, oh, you can't believe that. You can't. I trust this more than I trust any person. I guarantee it. I know God's word is truth. And I know these prophecies are for today. Every one of these, as we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, all these prophets, every one of them have talked to each generation. And there is points to each generation. And then you add all these books up and you add all these prophets together and you can go through and you can tell 
what century we're living in, where we're at. God has not left us in the dark. Jesus even said, I've, I've told you all things. I've told it to the world. It's time to wake up. Let's go to Thessalonians real quick. Wow. I get to talking. It's already afternoon. Sorry, guys. I'll close with this. We just don't have enough time in a church service. Thessalonians chapter 5. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you, for yourselves know perfectly the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. But listen to this. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with a child, and they shall not escape. But you, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love for a helmet and the hope of salvation. For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. For whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even also as you do. Right there. Hey, we're not in the dark. We got God's word. We ought to be able to see where we're at. And so God wants us to wake up. And when he's talking about sleeping and drunkenness, he's talking about spiritually. Wake up. And, and he's talking to me, he's talking to you, he's talking to his, the world. And he said, these are the signs. Earthquakes, famines, pestilence, uncurable diseases, pestilence, that's what that is. COVID, and whatever else is going on out there. Nations against nations. The sea roaring. Everybody's saying it's climate change. It's birthing pains. Wake up. It's time for the church to wake up and look for our redemption draws near. And it's nothing to be afraid of. It's something to rejoice over because Jesus is going to come set things straight. But before that happens, we have work to do as the church. We have people in our own families who don't know Jesus. And if Jesus was to appear today, they're lost forever. That is a scary thing. I have family and I love dearly. And God loves them dearly. But they just reject truth because they've been duped by the rest of the world that says, well, that's just a book written by men. This is God's Word. Who else can tell you what's going on? There's no other religion, no other religion in the world that has prophecies like God's Word does. They don't have a clue because they're not God. God said, I will show you and I will tell you before it happens. And then when you see it, you'll know that it's me doing it. So all these things we've been seeing, God is doing it. He's allowing it to happen. And Jesus told us, be awake, guys. I don't want you guys to fall asleep in this. I want you to be awake and ready. I want all of you to come. I want you to love your families Put it like what he said. Here's what he said. During all this stuff, we don't get mad. We don't go hide. You put on the breastplate of love. You, you put on that breastplate of love. Of the day, put on the breastplate of faith and love for a helmet of hope of salvation. 
Because God has not appointed us to wrath. He's appointed us to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, all these people we point to Jesus, they can escape this wrath too. And just think about all your loved ones. Even the ones you don't love. You still don't want them to miss out on the greatest thing in this world. The truth of the living God. And we got a lot of work to do. But it's not on us. It's on Jesus. It's on the Holy Spirit. All we do is believe and say, yes, Lord, here I am. I believe you, Lord. I believe your word. I believe we're there. Wake us up, Jesus. 2,000 years, Israel was not a nation. From 70 AD till 1948, I know we've been over this a lot, but this is reality. This is prophecy fulfilled. And we need to wake up. Let's pray. Holy Father, we see the things that are going on, Lord, and you warned us, you told us everything that was going to happen. That it shouldn't, it shouldn't be surprising to us when we see these things happen because you told us thousands of years ago through your prophets, through your Holy Spirit. Holy Father, each one of us in here love you. And we don't want to miss out on what you have for us, Lord. So we ask that you wake us up. Give us a spiritual discernment, Lord, for the days that we're living in, that we may be light in the darkness and not darkness in the darkness. Help us, Lord, to be the light that you've called us to be. Open our hearts and eyes to the reality of your soon return. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Wow, sorry I went so long. I'm still not done. Our next hymn is on page 526. Yes, uh, yes, Barbara brought me a, a prayer this morning. Now this is a prayer from George Washington, our first president. And thanks, Wendy, for bringing this up because this is perfect. It's so fitting for where we're at. Washington's prayer for the United States of America. I now make it my earnest prayer that God would have you and the state over which you preside in his holy protection, that you would incline the hearts of the citizens to cultivate a spirit of subordination and obedience to government, to entertain a brotherly affection and love for one another, for their fellow citizens of the United States at large, and particularly for their brethren who have served in the field. And finally, that he would most graciously be pleased to, do, to dispose us all to do justice, to love mercy, and to demean ourselves with that charity, humility, and pacific temper of mind, which were the characteristics of the divine author of our blessed religion, and without a humble imitation of whose example in these things, we can never hope to be happy, to be a happy nation. Here's his prayer. Almighty Father, if it is thy holy will that we shall obtain a place and a name among the nations of the earth, grant that we may be enabled to show our gratitude for the goodness by our endeavors to fear and obey thee, Bless us with wisdom in our counsels, success in battle, and let all our victories be tempered with humanity. Endow also our enemies with enlightened minds that they may also become sensible of your, their injustice. And willing to restore our liberty and peace, grant the petition of thy servant for the sake of him whom thou hast called thy beloved son. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Amen. George Washington.